You are listening to the Stronger Business Podcast. Please welcome Aaron Murray, our guest for today, and former UGA quarterback as he discusses the Players' Lounge and why you should own an NFT. And with that, I will turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. Josh, I'm pumped today. We're going to talk about something we've never discussed before on the podcast. We got an awesome, well-known guest with us today. He's going to share all sorts of knowledge. Aaron Murray, welcome to the podcast, man. Man, thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, educate you guys on kind of the new area I'm in and uh, see see how good of a salesman I am as well Man, so educate is going to be the key here you've got an accountant and what's the equivalent of like an 80 year old dude beside me so <laughs> yeah we're, we're going to need to know i wanted to do this podcast at 5 30 a.m at hardy's but chad wouldn't let me do it he's like no 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 let's do it <laughs> at a lunchtime hour <laughs> dude we're excited to have you on the podcast though i mean again our podcast audience they know your name they've seen you play on tv they've screamed at you from sanford stadium and uh, today we're talking about something, again, that's cutting edge and new and exciting. And, dude, I'm, I'm so excited you're a part of this, too, by the way, because I was thinking not too long ago when all this stuff was coming about, like with being able to make money as a collegiate athlete. I'm like, man, Aaron Murray would have made so much money in college. I mean, for real, man. It's oh, ridiculous. it would have been nice. It would have been really nice. I think the difference is, though. I think the biggest difference of why I'm like, okay, I would have, yes, I would have gotten paid a decent chunk of change. It would have been really nice and <laughs> could have, uh, could have afforded some nice dinners with girlfriends and et cetera, et cetera, maybe a, a new truck or something. But like social media now is the biggest difference because when I was a junior senior is when I really think social media started to get big. Instagram started getting going, Twitter started getting going, but it wasn't at the level it is now where kids who have grown up using it for the past eight years that are super savvy about their brand, that are super savvy with technology, that can create content and know how to then go out there and sell that content. They know how to go out there and sell themselves. Uh, because you look at someone, you know, some of these top players, and they have 100,000, 500,000, a million followers on, say, their TikTok or Instagram or Twitter. That's a lot of people viewing them every single time they do a, an advertisement about a restaurant, a car dealership, whatever. Uh, so they just have a huge platform that these companies are wanting to link onto. And it's really smart because I always tell people too, you know, I'm not from Georgia, I'm from Florida, but I learned really quick when I moved up here and went to UGA then now live in Atlanta is Georgia football's up here. Then it's like the Braves, then it's the Falcons. <laughs> like people love yes. the dogs, especially the dogs football. So uh, yeah, man, these guys have a huge platform to go out there and make a ton of money and um, yes, but I, I'm jealous as crap though. I mean, the amount of money, the amount of money I could have made would have been sweet. <laughs> I know. I feel like, uh, back, uh, when I was in college, like it would have been also awesome for social media to be where it's at today. But I'm like, Jesus, I'm also so glad it wasn't like, man, I can't imagine like how much different direction my life may have went had social media been around on this level back then. Good Lord, it'd have been. Good or the distractions. That. I mean, if I was in yes in the back of a meeting and Bobo's up there trying to get a play, and I'm, you know, scrolling up through my my Instagram feed, probably would have been a little bit too much of a distraction. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's a good balance though. And I and, and the more guys you talk to, I think the at least when I talk to guys like at Georgia, like I talked to to Lad McConkey the other night, and I asked him about this NIL. I was like, man, how how difficult is it to balance, especially winning a national championship? 
all these deals that are coming your way. And, you know, what he told me is, is kind of their mindset and what the coaches kind of told them is, Hey, listen, if you want to make money, you better ball out on the field because no one wants to give you money if you suck. So essentially it's kind of a, you know, a way for them to money. It's a motivating man. If I want to go get paid 500, you know, $50,000 to a hundred thousand dollars and, you know, work my way on up. Like I got to go ball out. So I got to get in the weight room. I got to get in the film room. I got to go take care of my body. If I do all those little things, go out there and score a bunch of touchdowns. As we all know, man, you produce, that's when the money starts flowing. And you got to not like an idiot because you're representing these brands. So you got to behave a little better. I haven't thought about that aspect. That's pretty cool. Well, and you said something there too, Aaron, that I really hadn't thought about. I'm thinking, you know, Hey, once these kids get the UGA, then that's when they, you know, they, they're, they have this platform they can build off of. But no, the reality these days is that there's kids that are coming to UGA and there's a bunch of creepy old 40 year old accountants that are already following them on TikTok <laughs> stuff. And uh, not, you know, really it is like these, before they ever get here, they could have huge social media followings. I think about this one guy, I think he's, he's a basketball player. I want to say his name is like Mike Williams, it's a pretty common name, but he's just this, you know, renowned basketball player. He's got this gigantic like social media following and he's in high school playing football or playing basketball. Right. And so these guys, yeah, they can come to Georgia or whatever other school with 10, 20, hundred thousand followers on whatever the social media platform is for you know, athletes these days that are teenagers. But yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that part of it though. I was just thinking well, about once they get here, they blow up. Yeah. And also a lot of them, a lot of these schools, I don't, I, I'm probably making this up. I'm sure that there's some kind of talk along the line though. But if you go look at like UGA football, if you look at their Instagram and, and some of these other UGA focused social medias and they tag you like, Hey, welcome to UGA football, four-star or five-star recruit out of Atlanta, Georgia. All of a sudden now you have a half a million people like, Oh man, I'm so excited that we got this kid. Let me go follow him. Yeah. So now you're bringing the UGA brand to this kid's brand. And as, as I alluded to earlier, Georgia football is king in this state. So you have all those eyeballs now like, okay, let me go follow this kid. Let me learn a little bit about him. And, you know, kids are, are better. I think we saw, you know, it still pops up every now and then, but, you know, you see the horror stories of some kid you, you know, tweeting a rap lyric or saying something stupid oh, yeah. from when he was in middle school, then it, it comes out to haunt him, you know, 10 years later kids have learned from the mistakes of, okay, I have to be extremely well buttoned up when it comes to Instagram and Twitter and, and TikTok and whatever other, other things out there nowadays, because people are going to go out there as we know in this world too, they're going to go out there and try to rip me down. There's, there is that component of a cancel culture that we know. So anything that you say and do can be used against you later on. So I think the more those stories have been shown to these kids over the years, the more they're like, okay, let me make sure my brand is represented the right way through social media so that I do have these opportunities off the field to go out there and um, take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely makes sense. All right. So, so we got the NIL deal, NIL deal stuff going on right now. And then you and your team at the Players Lounge, y'all figured out a way to leverage that, combine it with NFTs. And most people, Josh and I included know very little about NFTs, but dude, how in the heck did you get here? You and I, we worked together for a long time. You've, you've been in broadcasting, all sorts of different things, things in the business world. 
how did you land here? And give us a little backstory about uh, where what's, you're what's at. What's the now Players and what Lounge startup on. story? I, I want to yes. number one. I saw the business name too, and I was like, oh, that's, that's an sweet. awesome name. Yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot. I thought you were gonna say like, oh, never mind, something else along the Players Lounge. Was, <laughs> that was a little touchy subject when we were first deciding what to name the thing. Uh, but as, as <laughs> Chad, as Chad knows because he does my taxes for me. Uh, I have about fifty jobs. I rotate. <laughs> yes, yes. I have I have so many forms that I have to send him every single year. He's like, golly, how many jobs you uh, take on every single year? Chad told life. me you don't call them jobs, you call them plays. Yeah, no, this is the playbook, baby. I'm running. This is my playbook, and and here's what I've done for the year. I mean, I just uh, my wife says I do too much. I I do do too much, but I, I enjoy it. I I can't sit still. So saying that, uh, about six months ago one of my teammates from college and roommates, Ty Fricks. And Ty is, dude, he's one of the smartest guys I know. Ty, for those who don't know anything about cryptocurrency, this may go over your head, but Ty was mining Ethereum in his basement. He literally bought these supercomputers and was mining cryptocurrency in his basement. So we were on uh, our buddy's bachelor party. So I guess you push it back even further. This goes back to last summer. Uh, we're on, on Christian Robinson, who's now the linebacker coach at Auburn. We were all in his, his bachelor party and we were on the deck drinking beers, hanging out and Ty and Trent, their brothers, they're both long snappers at Georgia. Ty was my roommate. Uh, they were on their computers talking about buying more supercomputers to mine more Ethereum and this and that. And, you know, I started talking to him a little about it. I, I know a little bit about the whole crypto world, not a ton, but they kind of saw that I was interested. Fast forward three months later, Ty called me, he goes, hey, man, I got this great idea. I'm like, all right, Ty, let's see what you got. And he's like, I want to do NFTs for college athletes. I'm like, man, I don't, I, I've seen these NFTs. I heard about like the Board 8 Yacht Club, these NF, these apes that are selling for millions of dollars right now. Like, I'm like, why do I want a piece of artwork living on my phone? Like, what am I going to look at it? Like, oh my God, look at this. Like, didn't make sense to me. And how he broke it down to me is, is the utility. Like, what does this give me access to? It is essentially a digital ticket that gives you access to a club. And for us, what we want to do is partner with, with student athletes. Now that NIL was available is, is partner with these student athletes to give fans an opportunity to interact with these players, because we know fans, as I alluded to earlier, fans love their dogs. Fans love these student athletes. They want to be a part of their lives. They want to interact with them whatever way it's possible. So what we did is we signed 11 players up at Georgia, Stetson Bennett, N'Kobe Deans, Amir White, uh, Brock Bowers, Keely Ringo, Chris Smith, Jake Kamara, John Fitzpatrick, um, 11 of the top guys. And what we did was we created this bulldog avatar. And then we created a bunch of different what we call traits that layered on top of this bulldog. So it's different fur colors, hats, eyes, mouths, earrings, hair. We can make, I think it was 18 quintillion different bulldogs that one ever being the same. So we're like, okay, there's not 18 quintillion people in the world. So we're not going to sell that many. What's a good number to <laughs> sell? So we had 4,500 of these that we minted slash created. We brought to market at Georgia for 200 bucks a pop um, with the idea of, hey, you buy this NFT. This is your digital ticket into our community. And part of being in the community is you get to interact with these players on our Discord channel. We're doing tailgates. We're doing video game tournaments. We're doing golf tournaments, all this stuff to bring fans and players together um, to interact. 
So you so y'all have created a space that's using a digital platform to offer some in-person experiences. Also. Yes. Yes. Ah, okay. That's brilliant. And we ah. sold that. We sold out in three and a half hours. Um, oh my God. Yeah. We made what? $900,000 in about three and a half hours. So, so, uh, so how did you, there, obviously there's not a business model for this out there. There's not books you read for this. How did y'all decide what's the price point? What's our model going to be? How are we going to build this thing out? I can tell you one thing is he didn't charge enough, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because you're oh, like, you three and a half hours, man. I mean, oh my God. So, I mean, a lot of education on our part, a lot of research about what the NFT market looks like, what we feel. Hey, like by the way, charge. can I just point out that I'm criticizing you for making $900,000 three hours? <laughs> anyway, I should have paid more. <laughs> Listen, the funny thing is, so when we first started the project, we said, hey, we're going to do 10,000 of these NFTs. You know, that was the original goal. We're going to go 10,000, 10,000 at 200 bucks. You know, then during the process, I mean, we're the first company to ever do something like this. I mean, other companies did NFTs, but they were player cards. So they were like a tradable tops of the player. It wasn't actually like an avatar, community built, traditional NFT style in the sports world. So like, man, we're the first company to do this. Is 10,000 too much? They were like, should we do 2,000? Should we do 3,000? Two days before drop, like, oh, we're going to do 5,000 or 4,500. We kept 500 back for, for promotional reasons and, and give them out as gifts and stuff like that. Um, the night before, we're freaking out. I mean, we're freaking out. We're like, we screwed up. We should have only done 2,000 because as an NFT project, if you do not sell out in your first drop, you are it's the company's over. You're a failure. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so it's a, that's a big risk then. It's you a don't big want risk. to have inventory. So you would rather play safe and make yeah. sure that you sell out in order to get to the secondary sales, then not sell out and, and it deemed unsuccessful. Because a lot of these people, I mean, they enjoy the community, but some people do look at this as an investment. I buy it, I then flip it to someone else and then make money off of it. So if you can't get to secondary sales, like I said, it's deemed unsuccessful. So the night before, man, I didn't sleep. None of us slept. We're freaking out. We're not going to sell a thing. We're going to be a failure. We're going to let down these players, this, that, and the other. As soon as the launch started, we had a thousand people in the queue ready to buy. I mean, we're like, oh crap, like this is going to happen. And, and as soon as we got to like, a, like I think like 900, the rest of the 900 sold out in like 10, 15 minutes. I mean, it just flew at that point. So uh, yeah, man, it, it was great. A good partnership that we have, which has been really beneficial, is we're partnered with this group called Dapper Wallet. Dapper Wallet is a digital wallet that holds NFTs. They have the NBA. They have the NFL, they have UFC. We're the only collegiate NFT platform on Dapper. So you have uh, all these yeah. sports fans that download Dapper Waller so they can go buy the NBA, they can go buy the NFL, they can go buy UFC. And then when they're in there, like, oh, what's this college platform? Oh, it's the Players Lounge. We're the only one on there. So it's a great ecosystem for us to get all these eyeballs on our project that aren't just Georgia fans. Um, so that's super, super excited. So obviously they take a little bit of a cut. We take the remaining profit. We split that right down the middle with the players. So it ended up being $305,000 went to our player partners. Each of our 11 player partners got $28,000. So we had a dinner uh, in January. Amazing. I'm handing check, checks out to 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids for $28,000. 11. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, $305,000. Here you go uh, to those 11 guys. So huge, huge, huge NIL opportunity. You know, like I alluded to before, our the utility aspect we're really excited about. I mean, um, on April 15th before G-Day, we got a, a, a golf tournament. Uh, we've partnered with Bulldogs Battling Breast Cancer and the DGD Fund. 
Everything that we raise will go to those charities. We've already raised a ton of money. Uh, we have a, then a, a, a party that night at Silver Dollar for everyone who owns an NFT. You get invited. And then we have a uh, tailgate Saturday before G-Day at Creature Comforts. We had a ton of former alumni going to be there. So you get to come hang out with a bunch of you know big-time lettermen, enjoy the day before you head to the stadium to watch the spring game. And we're going to be doing other events this summer um, with our players as well. So it's 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 really cool interaction for these fans and for the players and uh, obviously a huge NIL opportunity for the players as well. Man, that's unbelievable. And, it's and, and, exclusive. And a, and a yeah. And, and the big thing too, the money is there, there is a secondary market. Um, we've had over half a million dollars uh, in secondary sales occur in the past month and a half. Holy so, cow. All right. Secondary sales. So yep. let's say Chad owns one. He's, he owns one of the 4,500 that are out there. He can sell it to me for really whatever I'm willing to buy it for, right? Does the yep. players lounge yep. have any benefit there from the standpoint of that secondary sale? Do you guys are you guys able to capture any of the profit from that, or is it just between Chad and me? No, we we do get a the great thing with NFTs is because of the digital code that's associated with each NFT. Every time that NFT changes hands, the company obviously gets alerted who owns it or originally created it, so they do get a percentage, a smaller percentage of secondary sales. Okay. So that's for us as a company. That's really where we're. That's how. We make money because most of our money is going to entertainment. It's going to building this community out to about 15 schools right now. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a great thing as a as say like an artist, someone who's an artist nowadays. You create some artwork, you sell that painting for 200 bucks to Chad. Chad then takes it and sells it for ten thousand dollars. Well, the original artist is like, damn man, like I sold it too soon or I screwed up. Like I don't get anything of that money, and it's my work. Now with NFTs, why a lot of artists love it is because every time that's changed hands, you are getting seven and a half, ten percent of that sale. Yeah, so they got so mailbox money, they got recurring revenue forever. Yeah, and oh that allows it, and that revenue allows us to continue to do these events. So, like you know, a person who owns one of these NFTs, they come to our tailgate, they come to the golf tournament, they come to three or four of our events this year. Man, that was awesome! I loved it. I'll go sell this thing for 500 bucks now. I'll make a little bit of a profit on it. And you know, the next person now gets to enjoy the access for that next year. And then us as a company, the way we survive to be able to do these events every single year is by then utilizing that secondary revenue to go out there and, and host these stuff. So if we own a, if I own an NFT, and let's say one of these original 4,500 Bulldog avatars, am I paying the entry to get into the events or is that my ticket? Like, no, this is just getting me in for free. Yes, that's your ticket. And right. we can we can tailor the great thing with it. You can do whatever you want. We can say on a random Monday, if you own an NFT, we're doing a 45-minute QA with Aaron Murray. We're doing that with the fraternities, actually. So on April 11th, we're doing an event at Silver Dollar with the fraternities on campus at Athens. The fraternity that owns the most DGDs by G Day gets a 45 minute Q and a with me and five players at their fraternity. <laughs> also that night, we're going to be raffling off, you know, signed jerseys and footballs and helmets. The only way you can get into the raffle is if you own one of our DGDs. So we can make utility, whatever we want to make it to drive those secondary sales, to get people oh, interested yeah. in the project. So you add more value to what the, the community has. Yes. It's going to drive up the secondary value, which again, which you're every, getting a percentage of. So it yeah. just keeps oh, adding awesome. and adding. This is the most brilliant 
business I have <laughs> heard and seen in a long time oh, because it appeals to like sports fans to anybody yeah. wanting something exclusive VIP. It, it appeals to investors to business like hmm. it has that aspect of appeal across the board on so many levels. Ah, it's great, man. Did, so you, did, you, did guys, you guys hear about the board at Yacht Club? I I just read something new about them here in the last week. I can't even remember what it was though. Or they they just released something else or doing something else with the group. Um, I know originally like what all went on and how much money they made, but something God. recently happened. I can't remember what it was. Well, they're 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 I think they're trying to get evaluated as like a five billion dollar company. Um, so they sold these apes for God. What was the price? I mean, five hundred bucks maybe something like that. I think like the cheapest ape you can now buy in the secondary market is two hundred thousand dollars. You know, they've had millions of dollars in sales, but what they do is what we kind of modeled after. They do all these awesome events across the country. So you can only come to this party if you own an NFT. You know, they're in a different ballpark because now it's almost like a, you know, if you own a board at Yacht Club Ape, people now like, oh, you must be rich as crap. Yeah. Because you I own think- so so it's kind of like a you know, I'm, I'm showing you my bank account, but I'm not really showing you my bank account kind of mentality yeah. for them. So they've created that kind of culture. But I mean, they have celebrities buying these things for half a million dollars. I think I read what I read this past week. I, I'll have to go back and look because I think in New York, they're opening up a bar or a bar a restaurant, restaurant Yeah, that, that you, the only way you get in, the only way you have access is if you own one of their NFTs. Well, that's yeah. what's amazing with that too. And again, if you, if you continue to increase the value that the community offers, I wasn't thinking about this at I first. I didn't know there was reoccurring resale percentage. Well, it, if that amazing. jumps dramatically, like in this Yacht Club example, they're making more off the secondary sales than they were off the initial sale, yes. even at a, you know, a minute percentage of what the initial sale from this percentage standpoint. But it went from $500 to $200,000. Every sale on the secondary you market. You make more on the secondary days. market than you did on the original release and the original yes. sale. That is awesome. Yes. Oh, man. And that's driving more demand. Oh, my God. All right. So... Two things I want to do here. I want to back up for a second on, on one piece of it. And I want to explain a little more about the NFT side of what y'all created to just help our audience visualize. So from, from what I see, there's this bulldog graphic that's pretty cool and pretty tough looking. And let's say I played and I had red hair and an earring. My bulldog that was modeled after me would be like a red haired bulldog with an earring is that kind of the the dynamic and and there's only one of each one is that right so when you go to buy an nft so the initial sale secondary sale is different so when you go to buy an nft so say it's 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 opening day we're launching 4500 of these bulldogs you go you link your your the great thing with dapper is you just need a credit card you don't even need ethereum or crypto all you need is a credit card email address Super, super easy. Take you 60 seconds to buy it. So as soon as you press buy, you get gifted a DGD. You have no idea what it's going to look like. Oh, I don't get to pick who I want. Or I don't get to pick. Only, hey, only all. No. Ah. You get gifted. And the cool thing about this too is it goes back to what I talked about earlier with the traits. So there's different traits. So like some of ours are, you know, have white fur, some have blue fur, some have black fur, some have gray fur, some have jerseys, some have shoulder pads, some have helmets. So with these traits, certain traits are more rare than others. So like there may be only 15 NFTs with shoulder pads. So like that's a super rare NFT. So people obviously want the more rare ones, 
which then drive the value of those in the secondary market. You don't know. You may get lucky. You may get, when you buy it, you may get like, oh man, I hit the jackpot. I got a super rare NFT. We have this whole badge system. There's five different badges. Obviously, the higher the badge you get, the more rare that NFT is, which then drives more value in our secondary sales. I mean, we had one of our, our rarity badges sell for 6,500 bucks. Um, but then the cool thing is you can tailor the utility to those badges. So like when we do our event at the silver dollar, if you own this NFT with this rarity, you get free drinks the whole night. So like you oh, can do stuff amazing. like that, which then someone says, Hey man, I want to go buy, I own a GGG, but I want to go buy one that has shoulder pads because that's a super rare trait. And that trait gets me free drinks, or maybe it gets you a free signed football whatever so i'm gonna go buy that which then also increases secondary sales so so this is this is probably before your time man but i think josh will get this <laughs> this reminds me of like the hardy's happy meal and the california raisins oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. like there's there's one or two of them that like you just couldn't get they were super rare you never know <laughs> you bought the happy meal and you never know it, was, california it wasn't even a happy meal it was like <laughs> like gravy cut like cinnamon raisin biscuits it was like one dude with a, with like a skateboard and it was like i want that freaking yeah. california raisin on the skateboard they created a rarity aspect to it yeah it was like and you kept going a lot back. of them were common yes. but you never know what you were going to get yeah, like, yeah. i want to keep buying until i get the what so, i want or the secondary market showed up and you could buy california yeah, so raisins one, on ebay yeah so about yeah. Paid five grand for a california raisin because it's the one with circle <laughs> so uh, your way you're set up so that's the way it works it, so secondary markets, I can go try to find the one that I want. Is that correct? Like, yes. I want the one. I want the yep. gray one with the shoulder pads. And it might cost me more than the white one that's no shoulder pads. But on the front end, hundred percent. I'm just gonna get one. I'm buying one. This is all the same price. You might. This, is, but, get this is better than artwork. It's like the. It's better than buying stocks. I mean, kind of. Don't take my investment advice here. We're, <laughs> we're gonna get to that in a second. <laughs> Not only do I own something that's probably going to go up in value, I get all sorts of perks oh, and experiences with but it. There's a piece of this. Oh my god! That I didn't know. So again, I'm so thank you for educating us on this because, and I already want to buy one. By the way, so I'm already buy screwed. one. I'm thinking about what what will people buy? Count it NFTs? <laughs> like what the hell can I do? <laughs> Chad Brown. I don't know if that's a good business idea. Let's talk to a, let's talk to Aaron first. He'll he'll get hey, you. Chad, he's Chad, so I'm like skinny guy with like a green visor. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Hey, Chad, they buy your NFT. They get, you know, free accounting advice for two years. I don't know. Yes. Oh, I know stop good. charging. And start you, you got to have an NIT to do business. Uh, not an uh, NFT to do NFT. business. <laughs> hey, Aaron, I'm going to sell you. <laughs> I'm going to sell you a Chad NFT later, man. You get free taxes for life, dude. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> so the cool thing with this is I can remember growing up. And again, this is going to date me a little bit. But 19, I think it was 1989. Maybe 19, 1989 or 1991. There was a like one of the most expensive modern baseball cards of all time. It's Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. I think it's 89 upper deck. Yeah. And so you would people would go and they'd buy the pack, right? Because they're like, man, that Ken Griffey card's worth like a hundred bucks. And this pack's cost me one. You're just buying it just to see if Ken, Ken Griffey's in there. So y'all got the same piece of that with what you're doing, at least on the initial sale, because I don't know which one I'm going to get. I don't know if it's the rare one or not, but I know that if I don't get the one that I wanted to get, it's like slot machine mentality to some degree. I'm like, well, dang it, let me... Let me slot this thing again. And I know y'all sold out so fast. I'm not sure how many. Hey, yeah, how, how often do how you re-release or like what happens after the first one? Yeah. Do y'all release again? I want to know. Two if, months let's or? ask that question, but let's ask this. Were there people that bought multiple on the initial sale? Could you get that? Like, can I go buy five or two? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you, you can't. So we wanted to make sure everyone had a, the ability to buy. So you couldn't like click, hey, I want to buy 20 of these. 
So you okay. could only buy one at a time. That way okay. everyone had the opportunity. We didn't want some whale to come in there yeah. and gobble them all up. Like you, we, the goal is to build a community. Like we want as many people to own these NFTs as possible to make our community as big as possible. So right now, I think there's right around 2000 people who own these NFTs. So on average, people own two to three NFTs. Okay. On average, some people own 10, some people own one, some people own 10, some people own 20. Um, you know, it, it, it ranges the gamut. But even as a founder, I went to go buy them on, on Mint Day and I was slot mentality because I wanted a certain rarity one that I just was not pulling. So I ended up buying like 10 of them. Uh, but I'm like, I want a freaking one that has a signature on it and I never got a signature one. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, so UGA was the first, uh, or the first school and the first players or on the players on you launched. And then you've worked to grow this at other universities, other other major football schools, but will they be another like UGA release or what happen once a year? What's the calendar behind getting in on this thing on the initial drop? Um, TBD on that, you know, our, our goal is to, to create as much value for those who own these NFTs right now. You know, if, if, if things are going great, we, we, this community grows and grows and grows and more and more people are educated about NFTs. More and more people see, you know, in three weeks, we're hoping a lot of people see these events like, oh my God, look at that tailgate and golf tournament and party at Silver Dollar and Creature Comforts where all these people got to go hang out with these former alumni and current football players. How do I get access to that? They go do the research, they see it. So if the community builds big enough, then yes, maybe we do another drop, but our goal right now is to focus on you know, how to create as much utility and interaction for those who own what we call the Gen Zero first generation DGDs right now. That's awesome. That, yeah, so you're you're not diluting the market. You just nope. said, hey, let's harness what we got. Well, that was what, so the, the whole idea of NFTs, at least for me, and again, I don't, I'm not buying artwork, man. That's not my thing, right? So I'm, is, when I'm learning about NFTs, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not quite getting the uh, the aspect of why you would want a piece of digital art, you know, because I mean, you could show it to people, I guess, easily like around and about maybe, but it's not like a piece on your wall you're sending mm -hmm. around, but this community piece, I'm like, yep. Oh, okay. So is that the whole idea with NFTs or is that just, a, that was, that makes a big difference to me. Oh, digital ticket. You said that I'm like, yes. boom, got it. Makes well, sense. When you go, when you go to a, when you go to a football game nowadays, where's your ticket? It's on your phone. Yeah. I mean, you, you you scan your ticket and you get access into the stadium. They just slap some really cool artwork on it. That's all it is. The good thing with our digital code, it's ever evolving. We can change that code and, and create utility for it at any given point. That ticket you have to go in the stadium, it's a one-time use and you're done with it at that point. That's, that's the biggest difference for us. So um, yeah, we think the best projects out there are ones that aren't just artwork. It, they're ones that actually give me access to this community, which whatever event that you want to tie along with it. Yeah. That's like a light bulb moment for me. Cause I, I'm like, okay, I think NFTs, I know what they are. I know it's, Hey, same thing as if you own uh, an original painting, like I have the original, it looks good on my wall. I can point at it and show people it's an investment. It should go up. And then there's the aspect of, okay, if I had something really cool, then maybe some advertisers may pay me to use it or it may get used somewhere. But the whole like experience of being part of a community and exclusiveness behind it, that's the piece. It's like, wow, okay, this is next level. This is pretty cool. So, all right, Chad Brown as an accountant, as an investor, if I am interested as an investment, 
more so as an investment than an experience. I like both, but if I want to invest in an NFT, where do I start? Where do I go? What do I need to sign up for? How much is it going to cost me? Um, how does that process work? And then I decide I want to sell it. How does it work when I want to sell it? Yeah, so it's pretty easy for us. I mean, for we have our own marketplace at theplayerslounge.io. You can go there. You see what's on the secondary market. You buy whatever you want to buy there. They said all you need is a credit card email address. It will automatically create on our website your own Dapper wallet for you. So super, super easy to do. Um, you, know, you go on there. You buy whatever you want. I, my, my only, you know, I guess financial advice, and don't take my financial advice uh, at all for those <laughs> listening, I guess is what you guys say. Uh, it's just do research on your projects. You know, kind of learn more about them. Like, what's the mission behind them? Do I believe in that mission? Do I see that mission as something that's growing? You know, for us, the exciting part about us is we're the first project to do this. We're tapping into a market that is still very, I guess you could say, uneducated about what NFTs are. Like most people who, are buy, who bought our NFTs, it was the first time they ever bought an NFT. So we may have gotten to 2,000 people who saw this. There is 500,000 to a million Georgia fans in the state of Georgia, if not more. Once they learn what NFTs are, that's a huge audience that we are just ready to tap into. That education part is just something that still needs to be learned. Um, and we're hoping that hopefully gets accelerated by the events that we're putting on here in the next month, where people are going to then say, hey, I want to go to that. Let me go do some research about ways that I can be a part of that community. So we feel really, really bullish about our future in the sense of, like I said, we have 2,000 people. There's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Georgia fans that want the access that we're providing. As soon as they see it and as soon as they learn about it, I think they're going to want to buy in. <laughs> Absolutely. So so if we, you said playerslounge.io. So what the heck is that? Why the IO? <laughs> I, that's, no that's the whole tech side of it. No idea. I guess okay, like, all maybe, right. dot so, com, maybe, so, maybe dot com was taken. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if I go there right now, um, are they like secondary market ones for sale? I click on one and buy one. Oh yeah. There's a marketplace right now um, up and going. Uh, I don't know how many are up there right now, but yeah, you can go buy, you can search by rarity. If you want to search for some that are more rare than others, you're like, Hey man, I want to get one with shoulder pads or I want to get one with green hair. You can search by those traits and obviously see what they cost. You can buy them and then, you know, welcome to the club. That's awesome. Does it tell you the perks for each one? Or is that something you just learn as things happen in the future and events take it, place? It, it tells you the traits. So like when you go pull up one, it'll tell you, okay, this is a common one. This is a rare one. This is an ultra rare one. This is a signature one. This is a letterman one. Um, so it tells you. And then as we do these events, certain events are going to have uh, benefits to certain people who own those rarities. Uh, so it gets tied onto the events. All right. Yeah, and cool. that's so cool too, because from a standpoint of, the the price of one, right? So what the going rate for one of these is you could have a big event coming up and it's like, hey, this event is for this exclusive group of these NFTs. And I might be, I got to get to that event. I ain't got the wrong one. I'll pay I'll, whatever. Yeah, because yeah, I think you could spike what the rate of, the, again, that that specific- Just um, by the sheer event. Yeah, yeah right. Because that event that's coming up, maybe I want to go, but the card that I have I say card, you're old I am, but it's a baseball card in my hand. I'm holding the digital baseball card. Uh, it, but it would, it would like compound. I like, know, you, man, if you want to get into this event, you can't get in with the one you got. You need one of these. And what's the rate for those? Dude, I, I, this is, this is fun to talk about. 
Because again, for me coming into this thing, Aaron, all I'm thinking is like, it's a piece of digital art and I don't understand the whole thing, but the community digital ticket piece, I'm like, oh, that's next level. So question for you on that. From the standpoint of, let's say I'm going to one of these events, I got this digital ticket. How are you guys able, like, are you scanning it? Is like a QR code type thing? Like, what is it about the, the digital piece of art itself that, you know, like, oh, it can't be duplicated. I can't get, you know, uh, Somebody can't come in and trick us on this thing. What kind of security do you have on these pieces of art? Yeah, so we have a whole gating mechanism. And I'm sorry, but I, that is not my expertise. With this. So, <laughs> uh, we have our, we, yeah, we have our tech team that deals with all that. But yes, essentially, it's similar to scanning into, like I said earlier, a football game. So you're, each entity you buy, there is a unique digital access code that goes with your wallet and with that NFT. So people are like, oh, I can just screenshot it and show you at the gate. Like, no, 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 no. There's a code that goes with it that gets scanned that gives you access into these events. Gotcha. So, yeah, I said, yeah. so the same ticket couldn't get duplicated then? No, same ticket could not get duplicated. Because gotcha. okay. that's why everyone said like, why don't I just screenshot this thing? Yeah. And it's like, no, you can't. The code goes with it. But I want to go back to what you said. And I, I it's, it's really cool and fun to see about, you know, just the artwork living on your phone. There are these things now, and I need to get one because I think they're pretty cool, that you put up on your wall and it actually digitally shoots up your NFTs. So you technically could put on your NFTs. And there's also like, there's, you know, companies that do rugs. Like I have an NFT rug in my office um, (laughs) of one of our DGDs. So there is artwork like, you know, what we tell people is it's your artwork. So a lot of our people, they buy the NFT. They then take their specific NFT that they own, DGD. They go make shirts. They go make um, hoodies. They make hats. We just don't obviously allow them to use the player's lounge, like our logos, but it's their artwork. They can do what they want with it. Some have posters. Um, so yeah, you technically could take that NFT, go take it to someone who can create you a rug, a board, whatever, and, and you're good to go. This is a whole different, like, branched-out deal than I ever imagined. And you guys on y'all's end, this isn't like, hey, we're going to release these things. We're kind of dabbling into this. Y'all are building, like, a full-scale major corporation around this, right? Oh, yeah. We've we've signed 75 of the top student-athletes across the United States. Uh, we've signed kids at LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Alabama, Auburn, UNC, Clemson, Tennessee, uh, and we're starting projects at Florida, Miami, Florida State, Penn State, Georgia Tech. I mean, we're going to have like 15, 20 schools, hopefully by summertime, but we're rolling, man. We're going like crazy. We're super, super excited about it. Uh, the players obviously are loving the fact that you know, this is a great NIL opportunity. Most of them are in the same mindset of, hey, man, we're here to build our brand. This is a great way for us to build our brand while interacting with fans. Um, and we kind of just give them that platform to do it. Man, it's such a cool idea. And again, going in and for you being someone that was just a renowned collegiate athlete too. So it's not like me and Chad started this idea, you know, we're talking to student athletes is because you're going to bring a certain credibility with you because you were on the national front. Everybody knew who Aaron Murray was as a collegiate football player. And so you're walking in and talking to these guys. You're talking to them about a deal that you'd have been taking. Right. You'd have been the guy that would somebody would have been coming and talking mm-hmm. to Aaron Murray. So it, I think it just offers a tremendous amount of credibility for your brand that you are coming in as being a part of the face of the company and talking to these guys. And again, it's a really cool idea. So question for you on when people are like the, the resale market, because I would think there might be somebody like Chad Brown that would say, like, I'm just going to try to buy as many of these as, as I can from this forty five hundred slots. Do you have any type of 
restrictions on like you can only own a certain amount or anything like that? No, you can own as many as you want. I mean, if Chad wants to go up there and buy, you know, enough for his whole family to go to events, he can go do that. So yeah, we don't restrict the amount of people. Like I said, our goal is to have the biggest community. I mean, if we could have 4,500 people that own one NFT, that would be freaking awesome. To me, that then tells us that, hey, maybe we now should drop more. So we kind of gauge that. We want as many people, as many dog fans that own these DGDs, that want to interact with the players, that want to be a part of our community as we possibly can. So, uh, but no, we will never restrict anyone from wanting to, to buy these things up. Man, I got to do some research here. My wheels are turning now. I'm like, as a business, if I go in there and I buy four NFTs, then I can bring like three clients with me to events. Certainly I can write that off. I guess it becomes a business uh -huh. right off at that Hey, that's point. a good question though. From a standpoint of purchasing, and we mentioned earlier like investment, and we're not getting anybody in investment advice, but would this work the same way? I know a lot of companies will buy tickets to the masters and then they'll like take their buddy with them, right? They have master's tickets and everybody's always begging for master's tickets because there's not an unlimited amount. So could Exclusive. it be the same thing? Could Chad and I say, we want to buy 10 of these. And if we could get our hands on 10, could we go to the events and bring eight of our you know, clients with us? Or does it have to be in the hands of the actual owner Ooh, good question. to get yeah. access to the community? As of right now, and this is something that we're going back and forth with too, um, you know, it has to be in the actual holder. But the good thing with us, it's so easy to download a Dapper wallet. So we're working now with Dapper to be able to transfer these NFTs. So if you do own one and you want to bring a buddy, you just transfer one to that buddy. Um, so we're working through that right now. Um, that's hopefully next step. And, and our dev team is, is hard to work on, on making that a possibility. But yeah, as of right now, uh, one wallet gets you in. So you need to have a wallet and a DGD to get in there. Okay. Heck yeah, man. This is fascinating, dude. And just how y'all have like just frontiered this thing of like bringing an awesome experience through some new technology and really harnessing what's what's happened for years, but in a completely different, unique way. That's a win for the person that buys it. It's a win for the student athletes. It's a win as an investment for you guys as a company. Like this thing is creating an awesome, fun experience and win all the way around. And that's what, I mean, that truly represents a stronger business. And in, in my opinion of when everybody wins and everybody loves it, and it's something fun and exciting. That's that's hard to do, man. Hats off to y'all and what y'all have built and grown and are currently doing. It's cool. Yeah, you're developing a new market, yeah, right? So there's of, like yeah, this need people have. They're excited about what you're doing before you've even done it. And so yeah. they are like inventing as you go along and thinking like, oh, okay, like what can we do next that would add value to the community? And again, as you're doing that, it increases the value of the community, therefore the value of the DGDs. It would get people into it. I, I love this business model. I mean, again, it's brand new. I've never heard of anything like it, but it's really exciting to see where you guys can take it. Yeah. And we felt like there's one area that, you know, we talk about all those Georgia fans that, you know, still need to learn about NFTs though, too. And, and one of the areas that we, we kind of felt like we missed out on was Greek life at Georgia. Um, so we're going to start doing a couple of events that are Greek life specific, like I talked about earlier, where, you know, we're going to try to get as many fraternity and, and sorority members involved as possible. You know, I had lunch with 10 of the fraternity presidents uh, a few weeks ago and started trying to bounce off some ideas of like, Hey man, what would incentivize you guys to join our community? And I'm like, man, being able to go to um, a tailgate or whatever event with me or some of these players, like our fraternity brothers or sorority sisters would buy these things up. So, you know, there's so many 
we feel like there's so many untapped um, groups of people that we have yet to reach. Um, like I said, that's what, to me, that's what really excites me about the possibility of this, this space because NFTs are so, so new. And there are so many people who just think of NFTs, and this was including myself six months ago, as just digital art. It's just a piece of art. Once the utilities are shown, I think the education is just going to go through the roof for people wanting to get access to it. So that's that's something really unique too, especially in in your space as athletes and exclusive athletes. Is most everything I know around groups or exclusiveness is athletes around other athletes. But this isn't. Hey, this isn't just players. This is opening up anybody. It's exclusive once you have it, but anybody can buy it. You don't have to be a an alumni to come to these events. You don't have to have played in the NFL or be a superstar collegiate athlete. Like it's anybody can buy these and gain access. And so it's a community that's opening up, bringing connections from all different walks of life and cultures and people. And that's really cool. So question for you, Aaron, on this will be my final question for you on these things. Cause again, I could ask you a billion because it's, again, it's, it's, it's such a new, exciting kind of technology and business idea that's so cool. I'm way more excited about this than I ever dreamed. I wrote me too. I had no idea I was going to be this <laughs> is, it, is, is it more exciting? Than, more exciting than taxes? More exciting than oh. taxes for you, Chad? Oh, it depends. Now, <laughs> I kind of like I kind of like the 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 excitement of taking advantage of as many loopholes as possible on the tax side, and that gets me pretty amped up. But this may okay. be more exciting. Now, what's going to be really exciting is when we get off here and I start doing some research to figure out how to use the loopholes inside of these NFTs, yeah. then we're going to be on to something. Okay. So hey, we're going to build some tax talks around NFTs coming up. You're going to like this question then. Because my, my question is, can I gift one of these? So Because everybody knows that we all have that like we're in Georgia. We know a billion Georgia sports fans, but there's like that one guy or that one lady that's like, no, this is like the diehard fan. And this is a once in a lifetime. Oh, it might be a unique gift, gift yeah, that you can give cool them. Gift, now here, Chad, yeah. where I'm going to give you the benefit. You're going to like this part. Let's say that in my business, I have a certain client that's just been a, either a huge blessing to me or they're a huge referral partner. I'm like, oh, I want to buy them one of these because they're a giant Bulldogs fan. Am I able to buy one, Aaron? If I want to buy it for Chad, is there a possibility for me to gift the NFT to Chad at this point? I would say the best way to do that, to make it easier, is just to create, to get in touch with Chad and say, hey, man, I want to, I'm going to get you one of these. I'm going to set you up your own personal wallet. And then, you know, from there, he then has his own digital dapper wallet where his NFT would live in. Um, but right now, like I said, we do not, we're working on the ability to transfer NFTs. Um so hopefully maybe this summer. So hold off on that. But the easiest route right now, if you're like, hey, you know, my wife or daughter or son or cousin, whatever, wants to be able to come to these events with me and I want to buy their ticket for them, you know, just go online. Like I said, it takes 60 seconds to do. All you need is your credit card, their email address. It will set up um, a Dapper wallet for them. Uh, you just obviously tell them, hey, man, what, what, is, what, what, what does your password want to be? So you're able to yeah. log into this thing and then you could buy one from that way. Well, this is good because I was just trying to figure out when Chad and I buy one of these later, like he can buy mine for me and I can buy his for him. And we're like right off for some type of business. <laughs> figure it out. Love the way you're thinking. Marketing man. expense. <laughs> All right. As we as we wrap up this podcast and we land this plane, as Josh likes to say, and we'll steal it from you today. Um, we're a stronger business brand. We're a stronger business podcast. We're through this thing, a max out moment. So we like to ask one question for you, for our audience. If you could give our audience any advice, this could be about NFTs. It could be about anything in business. 
if you could leave our audience with just one piece of advice or recommendation, a max out moment, what would that be, man? Ah, man, just, just grind away and, and try as many things as you can. Uh, I'm, I'm someone who I can't sit still. I have to be working. Uh, I've had since my time in the NFL, I've probably had like 10 jobs in the past five years. Uh, I think it's been more than than 10, but anyway, (laughs) and a lot of them, a lot of them all at the same time. So I'm, I'm constantly grinding, constantly working. So, you know, obviously you, you got to make sure you prioritize. That's something that I have to get better at when it comes to my family. Um, so I've had some long conversations with my wife, especially with this startup. It's harder with the startup because you're grinding 24 seven, but when you have time to be with your family, I guess this is probably the better point to, to say when you have time to be with your loved ones, uh, I would say just be present. So, um, uh, to me, that's a big message. I try to tell myself every single day, cause you know, we're signing 75 kids. We're this new brand new NFT project. I'm doing interviews with kids across the country from eight o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. So like my days get kind of crazy, but when I have the opportunity to be with my son or my wife or friends, family, whatever, like put your phone away, put your computer away, be present, um, would be my, it's, it's healthy. I think it's super healthy to, to be able to carve out some time with those you love. Man, that's great advice. And I think all of us here talking have learned that the hard way because it's when, when you're in your own business and you, you are part of a startup or a growing business, there is your work equals revenue. The more you work, the more it grows and it gets somewhat addicting and yes. uh, hard to put barriers around. So I think that's fantastic advice. I, I have my moments where my wife reels me in on that too. She's like, we got to have a talk. You put your yes. phone down. I'm like, all right, fair. She's like, you got to be home. Actually, she's like, you got to be home by nine o'clock and off the phone by nine. And you'll love this. I have no Josh Sundays. I can't talk to Josh on Sundays. She's like, you, you'll have no business partner conversations on Sundays. He's got on phone restriction for talking to his business partner. Uh, Aaron Murray, man, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast today. And just from Chad and I, and really the whole Stronger Business community, uh, you made a huge difference in your time here in Athens as a UG athlete, not just on the field, but off the field. And you continue to do so. We just, I think two weeks ago, we uh, had Laura Whitaker with ESP on the podcast. And it's just right off of you guys being a part of that big ESP event. And you just continue to serve at a high level. Again, you could be doing whatever you want to do these days. You don't have to be still serving in Athens, but you're still serving and impacting because you're a winner and you care about the communities you're a part of, man. So from the Stronger Business community to Aaron Murray, thank you so much uh, for the impact that you make. And thanks for sharing your time with us today on the Stronger Business Podcast. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast, then leave us a review and share it with a friend. You can find us online at strongerbusiness.com or check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Stronger Business. We look forward to hearing from you and have a great 2022.